Okay, so I wanna well, so I wanna speak from let's say from from your from your four books, like from let's say from the personal brand to the book that started your podcast, and we'll see where this conversation takes us. Sure, sounds good. So I'm Candy Washington, and for those of you who may not know me. I'm the founder of 1214 Media Productions, where we create inspiring content across film, TV, digital, and publishing platforms. And they're all really rooted in self-care and wellness. And they usually have a diverse female lead, or they, they always have a diverse female voice to it. And so I've written four books. My first one is called Sugar Pills, 10 Days to Awaken Your Inner Power. And that more is about how do you keep your sense of self while still going for your success, especially as a creative professional. You know, if you are a designer or an actor or a musician, a podcast host or writer, sometimes it's really hard to separate your self-worth and your self-love from the products that you're creating or you know the presentation that you're doing or the role you're going for. So I really wanted to give people actionable insights on how to, yes, go for your dreams, be an entrepreneur, be a creative professional, but remember that's what you do, that's not who you are. And those are all rooted in my own personal stories and my own personal you know, evolution as a creative professional. And then my second book was um, uh, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Personal Branding. And that's really just a blueprint for beginners. If you're like, I don't know how to create a personal brand online. I don't know how to make money online. You know, I don't really know how to create a business online. And it's really just about, you know, what's your name? What's your logo? What's your color palette? What's your messaging? Who's your ideal client? So it's really just the nuts and bolts of creating a personal brand. And I do want to clarify because some people think that a personal brand means you just have to share all of your personal business and that's not what it's about. It's not about sharing all of your intimate secrets and, you know, going on rants and tangents about everything going on in your own life. A personal brand is just a brand that is rooted in the personality of the founder with its products, brands, and services. That's really all it is. So think about like Oprah, right? She's a personal brand. You know, her magazine is like, oh, magazine, or, you know, her network is like the Oprah Winfrey network. Everything is really rooted in the personality of the person. Think about like a Tony Robbins. That's another person. I don't person mean to cut brand. you off. Um, <laughs> going back to personal brand, it's like, if you go to, let's say, personal, you want to keep a professional personal brand, but you don't want to like make it too personal. Like what you just said before about you don't want to go into like a, banter about what whatever is bothering you online because now <laughs> people would just especially job recruiters will see what you're posting from facebook from 10 years ago and yeah like <laughs> no you're exactly right and i'm really happy you brought that up so when you're creating your personal brand it's really just branding your personality, branding yourself. It's not about ranting about, you know, your crazy ex-husband or your kids going nuts or what you're dealing with. Like, it's not about your personal stuff. It's just about personal just means it's about you. So 
to bring that in, think about a corporate brand. So a corporate brand, it's really about the product or the service. That's like a McDonald's, that's a Starbucks, that's um, a Virgin Airlines, you know, that's Samsung. It's a brand that's rooted in the product or the service as the hero versus the personal brand, which is just rooted in the personality of the person. Again, that's like the Tony Robbins, the the Oprah's, like Reese Witherspoon, like Santa, um, you know, uh, Williams, you know, it's just, it's about just the personality of the person that's rooted in the products and the services. So it's like, I want to buy this book from Michelle Obama, because I believe in Ochelle Obama as the person versus I want to fly, you know, Virgin Airlines, because I know that this is a great airline with great customer service. So it's really just saying, this is the brand I'm creating rooted in my personality versus rooted in the product of the service. That does not mean that there's no boundaries, that you're not professional, that you're not you know, really thinking about what you're putting out there because anything you put out there will come back to you. So you wanna make sure that yes, you're creating a personal brand, but it's a brand. So that means it's professional and that means it's business oriented. That does not mean it's you ranting and raving. Yes, you always wanna be authentic. You wanna be transparent, but you also wanna be mindful of what are intimate things and private things versus what are, you know, consumer facing, public facing, professional things to share. So you can tell personal stories as long as you're adding value, just make sure you're doing it in a way that is still professional and in a way that still puts you in a great light. So you can be authentic, you can share your stories, just be mindful that this isn't just your diary of everything that's going on out into the world because it's still a professional business. Right, definitely. And then the third book I wrote, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to cut you up. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What I was saying, um, I was going to mention your fourth book. I think it was, or not your fourth, but I think it was like Trigger and I believe your short film. Um, so, and my plus, yeah. I'm sure maybe before COVID happened, I'm sure you probably went all dish and I'm sure you maybe you had some type of, I want to experience something that maybe happened that maybe you take those in, and molded into some type of story for both the short film and the book trigger yeah so the short film is called narcissist and it's a psychological thriller and it's about you know how does social media affect our mental health and our mental well-being both the person consuming it so your audience but also the influencer like what does the influencer really experience and what is their level of of happiness and self-worth doing that and then the book is called Triggered, and the book is about um, a, a young woman who has codependency issues and how that is sabotaging her adult life. And that's also a thriller, and it's a bit of a murder mystery, and there's a lot of different plots and twists, and she has like a, a frenemy, and then she has, you know, a romantic interest. So it's all of those interwoven relationships. And although both of them are works of fiction, you know, I created the characters, they're not real, everything I do, as I think all creative people do, they're always rooted in some form of humanity and some form of real experience that people have. So for me, when I, cause I also do, you know, social media influence. I work with brands on like Instagram and all that stuff. 
So for me, I would go to these events or I'd be doing, you know, these campaigns and sometimes they would just feel a little empty where it's like we would go to the events and it was all about getting the perfect shot, getting the perfect lighting, getting the perfect post, you know, oh, who's your contact here? Who's this? But there was no real connectivity. There was no real community. There was no real connection between us. Sometimes we would be competing, you know, sometimes there would be jabs. And that just didn't, that felt really icky to me. And so I thought, well, if I'm feeling this way, I'm sure other people are. And then I also noticed that people would make, you know, comments about another person's posts, like, oh, her life is so perfect, or she gets everything for free, or, you know, must be nice. And I wish my life looked like that. I wish I looked like that. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And it's like, but you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. You don't see like how much it takes to build that brand, to get those endorsements and, and to create that audience. And at the same time, just because you have followers on Instagram, that doesn't mean that you are a happy and fulfilled person. And just because you don't have followers on Instagram, that doesn't mean that you're not good enough or you're lacking. So my main thing was that that all of that stuff really doesn't matter. What really matters is how do you feel about yourself? How much are you loving yourself? Do you know that you're deserving? Do you know that you're worthy? Do you know what your intentions are? Do you know how you feel and how you wanna show up in the world? Are you honoring your, your unique self rather than trying to compete with other people? or comparing yourself to other people. So, um, you know, in, in the film, one of the followers, her, my character's name is Sienna James, and one of her followers commits suicide after watching her do this crazy, you know, online rant or whatever. But then the question is, well, who's really to blame? You know, Sienna's like, well, her parents knew she was depressed. The people at school knew she was depressed. Nobody really helped her. Like, why is it my fault? You know, I'm just a reality star. I'm just a social media influencer. It's not my fault one of my followers killed themselves like that's not my fault but then at the same time she's also struggling with feeling you know worthy and deserving and the responsibility that yes if you've created this audience if you are making money off of these people then you do actually have a responsibility of what you're putting out there and the content that you're putting out there so I just want to add something about when you yeah, just said something about I'm sure maybe when you're putting stuff out, I'm sure I believe it was watching the trailer for um, someone. Sure, have you maybe experienced someone who had followed you on Instagram or any any of your social platforms where one of your followers there might have experience where one of your followers are pretty intense or not intense. Um, uh, trying to think of another word for it, maybe intense. Intense is good. Yeah, yeah. I've had. Uh, a few instances of some pretty intense followers where they will DM and they'll message. And it's weird because they kind of feel like you owe them something. They're like, oh, can you send me photos of you doing this? Oh, why don't you reply? You know, uh, can you send me photos of that? Like, you know, like, I wish I could be with you. I wish I could, you know, meet you. When are you gonna be here? Like, I would love to hear your voice and then when you sort of create the boundary and you stop responding or you say no, then they sometimes get angry. They get or, mad at you. Or sometimes it just gets very like creepy or very like you're very a thriller. Creepy. Like you're in your own thrill, like you just mentioned your short film. Yeah, your own psychological thriller. Yeah, it gets very creepy. And and I think the reason why it gets so creepy and honestly kind of scary is because they get angry with you. And, and they kind of have this 
feeling that literally you like you owe it to them like well why don't you respond to me why don't you send me these pictures why don't you do this why don't you do that when are you going to be here it, they feel like they have this sort of like ownership over you and i think that's a scary part because especially with social media you're sharing no, they all don't. Of- followers don't have ownership honestly no, Dude, no they don't because yeah. i want to add so because yeah well, because I think I've rece- received, I've been maybe in recently before COVID, um, someone mentioned about how some keep de- deactivating their Instagram, their Twitter, because one follower responds to something. It just gets like, it gets out of hand or some people just go and comment something so like, I'm sorry, did you have a bad week? You don't need to like <laughs> say something critical to someone because you are because you had a fight with your boss or whoever yes so there are times where followers will project their own you know anger their own insecurities their own feelings of rejection you know onto us as if somehow it's our fault and it's easy to be you know anonymous behind keyboards and view like venom and just be really mean and forget that words are powerful and words are meaningful and words can be extremely hurtful. And you're actually saying that to a real person. You're not saying it to like an Instagram account. You're saying to the person who's going to be reading that. And what I say to that is I am not going to deactivate anything. That's why they made the block button. So it's like, if you want to come at me with you projecting- Or just delete the comment, just like, bye. Just delete the comment from it and bye. I, but for me, it's like, I delete and block. I'm not playing that game. If someone is really coming at me in a super negative way and they're projecting, then I will delete the comment and I will block that person because I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because somebody else has a problem. That's not my problem. Because when you do that, you give that person the power. You know, I love my platforms. I love my audience. I love adding value. I love talking to people like this, like this to me is like so great and fun just to connect with other people, particularly I love like strong women doing their thing. So I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because somebody else has an issue. That's their problem. They will get deleted and they will get blocked and I'm going to keep it pushing. So I think to people out there listening, if there is someone who is being a troll to you, delete and block, let it go in one ear out the other and you just keep moving forward and doing what you're doing. Dogs don't bark at parked cars. They're, they're going after you for a reason. So take it as haters are going to hate and just keep doing you. That's what I say to that. Definitely. Definitely. I want to also bring about your media production. And, oh, yeah. And so I'm sure you probably, maybe this is probably, you started maybe this before, maybe after COVID. Just to. What's oh, it? yeah. So my media production um, company, I started before COVID. So basically what I did was I was doing a little bit of everything. So I was writing, I was acting, um, I had my podcast that I was doing, which we can talk about later. It's called Sugar Pills. And I was podcasting, um, I was doing social media influence. So I was doing all these things, but I was doing them like in their own little buckets. And then I was like, oh, I need to create one media company have that be the umbrella and then have each one be a part of it. So instead of, you know, being an author, being an actor, being a social media influencer, it's just, nope, I'm a founder of a company. And then these are the things that we do. So it kind of, 
that's why I started my company out of that because I was doing so many things. I just wanted to have everything under one company that I owned under one roof. And I started that pre-COVID. I actually shot the short film um, in January and then COVID hit like in March. So we got in there like right at the right time. (laughs) That is just, you know, it's so funny. 2020 started like, okay, this is okay. This is okay. Nothing, nothing to that March hit and like you get, you hear something on YouTube, any type of people watch or listen. And we have to stay inside to not or wear masks and carry hands or whatever we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. I actually had to work with the editor of the film um, virtually because we couldn't be together in the same room. So I had to do all that and I still had to get it out. Um, I was going to do like a big like film festival reveal, which I'm still doing right now, but it definitely put everything, you know, you had to pivot when you're doing all this stuff, which I also think is great because it also shows you like really create digital content now, like everything can be streaming, everything can be online. You know, if you don't want to do a hard book, but you totally should because people, it'll just be mailed to you. You can always create like an ebook. Um, you know, like a digital file also, but you know, a hard book as well, because it'll just be sent to you, you know, doing podcasts like this and just really creating community online and, and how big like digital and streaming will be COVID really taught us that like you have to do that. I want to revert revert back to social media and branding, but you know, sometimes social media can take a toll and something you need to step back. So you don't feel, I guess I would say clouded because sometimes Social media can be very toxic to people who post so much and they really need to like step back or maybe can you imagine like you know how like a movie like I'm trying to think of a movie like let's take a movie like Shopaholic where imagine that but a social media a social media a holic (laughs) yeah it's like a compulsive social media poster I think for that person, I would say, take a step back and think about what's the intention? Like, why are you posting? Are you posting because you get some kind of like rush or thrill out of getting likes or comments? And that's kind of where you're getting your validation from. I don't know. I would think, A, I would take a social media break, maybe do 72 hours where you don't log in, where you don't check. You just let it sit. You let it be. You show up in real life with people you know you call your mom you hang out with your friend you do a zoom call with you know a cool person like whatever it is just do a social media detox and then maybe step back and think what am I getting out of all of this posting what 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 what's my actual end goal and when you think about what the actual end goal is then think about well what are other healthy ways I can get this So you don't feel that you have to rely on social media and you have to rely on posting to get whatever validation or like connectivity that you think you're getting from posting online. Another thing I would do is really be mindful of the accounts you're following. If you're being triggered by, you know, someone posting vacation photos and you're like, I want to go on a vacation. Who does she think she is? You're getting triggered by somebody posting bikini photos. Sometimes advertising can be very... uh trigger because there's like if you go on instagram or any twitter facebook any and there's like a an advertisement for maybe for someone who's like a student and it's a okay here's a go to this university i'm like it's like okay 
like, and then you get calls like, okay, okay, bye. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I would, I would do that too. If you're getting ads, you don't like click the button, like this isn't relevant to me or I don't like it. So you can really curate your feed. So any accounts that are popping up that are triggering you for any reason, maybe it's somebody posting like their couple's photos and you happen to be single and that's like a trigger for you, whatever it is, feel free to mute them, feel free to, you know, not follow it because you really have to take care of yourself first. So feel free to like, it's your feed. So whatever is showing up is because you either follow that person or you're following content like that. So make sure you create, you create your feed so you're not being triggered by things. And then also, like reconnect with yourself think okay well why am I being triggered by someone posting a bikini photo oh is it because I think that I don't look good enough well then what can I do to work on myself to know that I am perfect as is I don't have to be a size zero I don't have to have a big butt I don't have to have big boobs I don't have to do whatever I don't have to be other anything other than exactly who I am to be good enough and to and to be worthy and deserving of love and all of the great things in the world so use those triggers as well to, you know, create awareness around yourself on, well, why are these things triggering me? So A, get rid of the triggers. You don't need to be, you know, triggered all the time by random things on Instagram. And then get reflective. Why am I being triggered by these things? And then work on yourself to get to a point where regardless of what you're seeing, you still know at your core, you are worthy, you are deserving, and you are good enough. And then take that, um, the other stuff aside. I also have like a super private Instagram account where I just follow like weird memes and quotes and just crazy things. And that account is just for me. You know, it's literally just like the craziest, geekiest, sarcastic, weirdest things ever. And I can post crazy things and I can watch crazy things and it's just for me. So I don't feel the pressure to be posting at the perfect photo all the time, the perfect reel all the time. I'm not being triggered by random people showing up in my feed because this account just is for me and it just makes me happy. So I think the trick is remembering social media is just a tool. It's just an app on your phone. It's that- like a marketing tool. It's like, it's like, exactly. um, like I, it's like, it's a market. It's like, like, you know how there was word of the mouth now social media is becoming a marketing to for advertisement or any person. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for advertising. It could just be someone who's like yourself, an actor, who's mm-hmm. putting their content out or anyone, creative person or any person for that matter. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we have to kind of it got to be a balance, like a professional balance. You don't want to be put too much. Like you don't want to put too much food pics because, you know, sometimes <laughs> like everyone puts too, everyone puts food pics. And honestly, who cares what you're eating? Okay. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, um, take the power away from Instagram. It's literally, it's an app on your phone and that's it. It's not an indication of how well you're doing, how not well you're doing, how lovable you are, how not lovable you are. It's not an indication of your worthiness. And I think people get so caught up in Instagram to tell them, you know, whether or not they're good enough. And I think that has to change. I think you have to inherently know that you're always good enough. And Instagram, literally, it's just an app on your phone. It does not mean anything about your self-worth. And once we take our power back, then we can just have fun and play on Instagram because it's, 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 it's an app. It is. It is. It's definitely an app. But I want to also refer, I want to also refer back 
to storytelling perspective. So, so you, your two books are probably some maybe you said something about it was a human experience. So storytelling and how storytelling can be mold to a you know from a personal perspective or sometimes it just necessarily doesn't have to be per- personal perspective or sometimes most people take will put fiction but sometimes it, fiction can feel non-fiction that sometimes or sometimes just both yeah so for me um both of the books and the in the film they're all fiction so they're they're made up stories they're like all of the characters are just names I created, experiences I created. They're all fiction, not real. But what I mean by being rooted in humanity or a human experience is I think, okay, like when was a time I felt embarrassed? When was a time I felt not good enough? When was there, when was a time when I felt super sexy? You know, and so I kind of think about those times, not just my own experiences, but like my friends and friends of friends and my family and, you know, just hearing other people's stories. And so I want to take a real human experience and then create a world and create a character rooted in those real human experiences. So when anyone can pick up the book, they can say, oh yeah, me too. Like I know one time when I felt really insecure or yeah, I know one time when I just felt like, you know, so hot for this like really cute guy or like, oh, I remember this one time when I felt super jealous about my friend getting something that I didn't get. So what I mean by that is I always want to make sure that the stories I'm telling, the characters I'm creating, they're always rooted in a human experience. So people reading it can say, ah, me too. I felt that way too. And then take it to a whole nother level because it's fictional. You can have like murders and you can have mysteries and you can have like, you know, crazy things happen because it's, it's fake and there's no consequences. And that's another reason why I love acting. You know, I, to every character I do, I bring myself, I bring candy to the character within these you know fictional given circumstances but it's always rooted in me because that way if anyone sees the performance if anyone watches it they can say oh I see a person in that you know and if you can see a person in it and you can see you in it like think about you know the stories that you love even like the fantastical ones like Harry Potter and um, Lord of the Rings and just think about all of those ones yeah there there are these like fantasy lands but they're always rooted in very basic human stories, very basic, you know, seeking friendship, seeking love, seeking, you know, validation and acceptance. You know, those are all the core things that we all really want as human beings. And so whether you're telling a story that's just, you know, a fictional story about guy meets girl, or you're telling it that's like a fantastical story, guy meets girl in space, guy meets girl underwater, it's still rooted in those very real human relationships and the things that we want at our core as human human be- as human beings. Definitely. Yeah. So I want to also, so when you were writing, mm-hmm. so you know what's interesting about storytelling and they, one, I think it was like maybe a book I was reading, like something about how writing a story and it's a very <laughs> cliche title but but it brings about narrative hook like the hook of a story so wherever it's nonfiction, because nonfiction is based on someone's personal narrative or it doesn't have to be personal it could just be any it could just be a journalistic kind of style yeah, so for nonfiction, they're usually more of like the how-tos. So like my first book is nonfiction. 
So that's the sugar pills, um, you know, 10 days so I can earn a power that takes you between that. So nonfiction are usually the how-tos, like how to, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever it is, like the nonfiction stuff, they're like the how-tos, the self-help, you know, things like that. The fiction are more of like the, the narrative and like the stories and the, and the characters and they're all made up. So for me, when I think about writing a narrative and creating the characters and storytelling, I always think, what is the journey? You know, the character is going to start here, then they're going to go here, and then they're going to end here. So what is the, the arc of that person's story? What's the beginning, middle, and the end? The middle is usually that climax where they have to really make it where they're faced with like a question, like, am I going to do this? Because either if I say yes, then I'm going to get to the end and I'm going to be a new different person. And if I say no, then I'm going to go back living the same life I've always lived. So I think that's also called the hero's journey and basically in all storytelling or the hero or the heroine are faced with these, you know, life questions. And it's like, do they continue their quest? And that's sort of the arc in, in storytelling. And usually it's um, three acts, you know, whether it's a film or whether it's a book. So it's the first act that's really creating the world, creating the characters. The second act is really, you know, that climax, the question, what's gonna happen when they're faced with something. And then the third act is how does it end and it's all wrapped up. And I also love writing from different perspectives. So if I'm writing, you know, from the lead's voice, I always want to make sure, you know, how does she speak? How does she move? You know, what, what phrases does she say that makes her different from her best friend? How does her best friend speak? How does her best friend think? What are their objectives? What does her boss think? How does he speak? How does he move? What are his objectives? So I think it's really important that you don't just write in one tone or you have multiple characters, but they all sound the same. You have multiple characters, but they all sort of have the same objectives. I think about watching really good television, particularly with an ensemble cast, each character has their own, like think about friends, right? Six, six friends, each of them are very particular. You know how Monica talks, you know how Rachel talks, you know how Phoebe talks, like you know what their objectives are, you know what their, their archetypes are, like you, like you know who they are. And the same thing goes for writing. You want to make sure that all of your characters are unique and they have their own perspectives and what their own objectives are. And that's what really creates, you know, um, powerful storytelling when you can create characters that are unique in and of themselves within these same in, in the same worlds. You know, think about movies. You don't want to watch a movie where all the characters are the same and they all sound the same. You don't want to watch TV. With I don't that. mean to interrupt you, but I want to. No, go ahead. I want to refer back to your book sugar pills and how did that really mold to a pot like i'm sh okay of course it was going to become a podcast but when you were writing it but and then you released them like hmm this sounds like a podcast hmm i might as i should just let me venture into it yeah so the way it be so the way the book became a podcast was this so first the book came about because i had you know my own personal experience of you know, learning how to like have standards, how to negotiate, how to create a tribe, um, you know, how to say no, like all of these things that I had to, you know, learn as an entrepreneur, as a creative professional, if I wanted to be successful and, and make money and, and be a professional in it. But then I realized that, yes, these are all the things I'm doing, you know, for my business, but these are actually just tools on how to be, you know, a healthy, empowered, strong 
adult, you know, knowing healthy communication styles, you know, having great boundaries, having standards, you know, um, knowing what your wants and needs and are. Plus there's that term yourself. adulting, which <laughs> exactly. Making it's like, yourself, I feel yeah. like that word was such a, I feel like someone maybe came, went to, or maybe emailed to any of those dictionary <laughs> companies and as, Hey, I have a word for you. It's called adulting. And yeah. it means to take on mundane routines. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. are you sure that's really a real word? Because it doesn't no. sound like a real word. Yeah, adulting is a different, a whole different thing. I mean, like being like um, an, an empowered and healthy, you know, adult. And so doing all that and I would do different like presentations and I would talk to people I would speak on panels and they were all like oh this is so great this is so great like do you have like a book and I was like oh I don't so I was like oh well, let me write a book about it so I you know wrote the book they're all based on personal stories and then at the end of each chapter I give you know insights on these are the things I did and these are tangible ways for you to do it too so the book was great but then I thought well how about a podcast? I love listening to them. I listen to them when I work out. I listen to them when I go on my walks. And it's an easy way to connect with more people. Maybe people don't have time to sit down and read the book. And then it was also a way to um, allow my insights to evolve. So like maybe this week I'm dealing with this and I really want to talk to people about how to get over it or whatever it is. And then I was also able to bring on different, you know, guest speakers and different people to interview. So I could also get different perspectives and experiences. So the podcast, which is called Sugar Pills Podcast, A Practical Guide to Self-Care, was born from that. It was born from the need of bringing weekly insights that are practical and manageable. Because I would see in the wellness space and self-care, it all seemed about like, do this face mask, go do goat yoga. You know, it seemed very frou-frou and it seemed um, almost aspirational, like not very attainable for the everyday person. So I wanted to say, no, you know, self, yes, do the face mask, go to spa days, those are all great. But the reason why they're great is because of the intentionality behind it. It's saying, I'm taking this time for myself. I'm taking this time to honor myself. I'm taking this time to re-energize and refuel. And so I really wanted to take self-care, which had become very buzzy and break it Definitely. down. Self-care, self-love has become tangible. It's a very... But you know what's another thing is like some most people are very like because I think there's people think self-care yeah. is they think it's like oh facial mag manicured mm, I think self-care is more like going on a walk or just maybe just taking like a 30 minute shower and just stand there and have some shower thoughts or whatever <laughs> No, exactly. No, that's exactly it. That's a part of self-care. And I think, um, and that was the reason why I wanted to do the podcast. I wanted to show people that there are very practical, tangible ways to love and honor and respect your one precious life that we have. And so for me, I, you know, sometimes I talk about, you know, three ways to validate your emotions, you know, five signs you're in a toxic friendship. You know, I just had a, a lady on uh, who wrote a, a, a book about um, reclaiming your power, like, in middle age, you know, for like middle life women, like how to still feel sexy and how to feel and how to still, you know, feel healthy and, and all of that stuff. So the podcast really just speaks to this is where you are in your life. How are we going to honor where you're at and make you the highest, greatest, goodest version of yourself for this season of your life? You know, how do you start having boundaries, you know, which is just saying what your limitations are? How do you start having healthy communication 
with other people saying, this is what I want and this is what I need. These are what my standards are. I'm taking this time to take care of myself. And I wanted to show people that self-care can look different. It can look like journaling. It can look like meditating. It can look like walking. It could look like going to the spa. It could look do like- Do you think, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. But um, do you think there's, I think I've maybe it was like previous year before COVID, but I think I saw some, there was like expectations of self-care and there's reality of self-care. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty, though reality is pretty true because most people are, are like buzzing self-care like like it's one of those franchise coffee drinks yeah so I think you're right I think self-care was definitely being marketed as sort of this unattainable aspirational thing where it's like you had to get you know like a crystal face mask or you had to go out and get like a three shot latte experience or you you know you had to do all of these like crazy things but the true meaning of self-care is really just having tools and practices and thought patterns in place to show yourself love. So to me, self-love is really having that compassionate relationship to yourself. You're saying, I, I choose to forgive myself. I choose to love myself. I choose to honor myself. You know, I choose to have a compassionate relationship to myself. I choose to show myself grace. I choose to make myself my best and highest and first priority in all things. It's not rooted in ego. It's not rooted in being selfish. You're just saying, I matter as well. My needs matter. My wants matter. I am deserving of love and I'm worthy. And then self-care is just the tools and the practices that you use to cultivate that loving and compassionate relationship to yourself. So it doesn't mean you have to go out and spend a ton of money. It doesn't mean you have to have like a glam squad. It doesn't mean you have to do any of that stuff. Like if you want to and you can, knock yourself out. But the true purpose of self-care is just to take the time to show yourself love, to refill your own tank and to really say, my experience matters. How I feel matters. My life matters. And that is really the purpose of self-care. And you show yourself that by saying no when you want to say no, saying yes when you want to say yes, taking time for yourself, taking time to create community, reaching out for support. That's a big sign of self-care. There are so many people in the world, um, anybody, but particularly women, have a really hard time saying, I need help. I need support. I'm not okay. I need, you know, extra X, Y, and Z right now. And that is a huge part of self-care is just saying, I need support, I need help, I need to vent, I need someone to talk to. Because a lot of times, especially as women, we think we have to do everything ourselves. There's this false narrative that we have to be strong. We can't show that we're weak. We can't show everybody we don't have it all together. You know, we have to be perfect all the time. And that's definitely, not true. It's yeah. definitely about um, how there's this generalization that, oh, how certain thing that oh when you certain generally that women have to be perfect or strong or or if you're working a let's say a place that's that you can't cry at a job because and you know it's sometimes and you just run into the bathroom and just sit in the stall for like i don't know an hour 45 minutes yeah no exactly exactly it's like getting it's getting rid of the false belief that we as women are not allowed to be human. 
because as humans, we need support. As humans, we need love. As humans, we need connection. As humans, we need time to ourselves. You know, as humans, sometimes we just need time to be pissed off or angry or happy or joyful. And then we just want to punch a wall for punch a wall or pick a trash can. (laughs) Pick a trash can, whatever it is. And, And and the trick is saying, you know, however I feel in this moment is valid and true. And I don't need anybody else to validate how I feel because I validate how I feel. And I don't need anyone to give me permission to take care of myself because I am my own first and best priority. And I choose to make my own well-being my first agenda. And that's not being selfish. I'm not saying to the detriment of other people. Like a lot of times people will misconstrue self-care with selfishness. They're two completely different things. Self-care is saying, I love and honor myself. Therefore, I take care of myself. Selfishness is saying, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care who I hurt or to the detriment of other people. Those are two different, very different things. Being selfish is rooted in ego, saying I need to be right to make somebody else wrong. It's all about me. I don't care who I hurt. Self-care is not rooted in ego. Self-care is just saying, this is my one precious life and I choose to honor it and take care of myself. They're two totally separate things. And we are all allowed to love and take care of ourselves. And people who call you selfish for doing that, that is their problem. They probably need to go work on themselves and let it go in one ear and out the other. And you keep doing you because you can't please everyone in this world. You might as well please yourself. So um, so anything else you want, like something that you want to share or something, it could be anything, like something that maybe like something relates to your short film or another book or it could be anything yeah um I think I really wanted to share about the podcast again it's the sugar pills podcast I feel like self-care it's on apple spotify google um podcasts it's basically everywhere you can listen to podcasts and I think that is really a go-to place for practical tangible ways to just really reclaim your power, reclaim your voice, and to step into that empowered version of you that is waiting for you. And I give practical insights every week, and I've started doing some really great interviews. So I think the podcast is definitely the number one resource. Um, also, if you want to watch the film, it's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's also on SoFi TV, and it's called Narcissist. And you guys can always connect with me on Instagram at Candy Washington. Um, I'm always posting there and I'm in stories and I'm accessible. So in a fun, easy, great way. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely say definitely the Sugar Pills podcast and definitely over on Instagram at Kendall Washington. I want to also add something. So I'm sure maybe let's say when you first got your, when you first, let's say moved to, or I would say moved, I would say when you first enter the doors of acting and started to go on auditions and all that stuff, had you ever thought about becoming an actor or maybe was there another title that you have in mind like even before it could be something so I started acting when I was little not professionally but just like you know in church plays and school plays and so I've always been a storyteller you know I would always like write stories and write poems so to me I that's kind of how I always figured myself was I was a storyteller whether I was doing it through writing or doing it through acting and then I you know went to school and I was like oh I actually was in pre-law and I was going to be a lawyer 
And so, but then I realized I don't really want to be a lawyer. I want to play one on TV still. So I had to, again, I had to work on my own confidence. You know, it's scary to say, hey, I'm an actor. Hey, I want to be an actor because you get so many things. People are like, oh, well, have I seen you anything? Oh, what do you want? Are you booking? And it comes with all of this stuff. And it's really hard to separate, you know, um, your, your worth as a person with what you do, because a lot of actors won't feel good about themselves if they're not booking. They will feel like fake. They'll feel like a fraud. They'll feel like um, a failure if, they, if they're not on like a billboard or in a movie or on a TV show or something. So it takes a lot of guts to say, hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to, you know, put myself out there. And so I had to learn how to separate, you know, the actress candy who's going in for auditions versus the person candy who is just, you know, a person and realizing that just because you book something that doesn't mean you are great or the best. And just because you don't book something that doesn't mean you I don't are mean to interrupt you, but have you, when you went on auditions was, did you ever have like some type of experience that made, I want to say rejection. I want to say more like maybe you, I want to say screw up, like, Let's say you, you read your script, or sometimes it would just sometimes the words will just go blank from your head, or some most people have it memorized, or something you most need to. But sometimes you might be that type of who have like to read it, have it met, or sometimes it'll just go blank when you're just standing there in front of the casting director or who's whoever's in the room, or it could just be any experience in general. Yeah, so usually um, it's called off book. Usually you want to be off book, which means you have everything memorized. You still want to have um, the sides and the sides are basically like the part of the script that you're using to audition with. So you want to have the sides in your hand and you want to be off book. But I've never had a moment where I've just frozen, but I, ha- but I have had those times where I just felt really disconnected, where I felt like I was acting and phoning it in and I wasn't really present and I wasn't really... Um, doing the best or doing how I rehearsed it or doing it, you know, as good as I could. And I come out and I'm just like, Oh, I messed it up. They're never going to call me back. Like, what am I even doing this? Like, what am I doing? Like, yes, of course I'm human. I've had those auditions where I walk out and I want to cry and I'm just, I'm just like, I ruined it. You know, I had it. And then I went in and I just rushed the lines or I didn't do my best or I didn't make eye contact or I flubbed some words yeah, of course, you know, of, of course, I think we all have those moments where we feel like we just didn't do a good job. We just weren't at our, our best, but I think you just have to know that that was just an experience. That was just a moment, you know, sometimes you think you did a bad job and the other people think you did a great job. You know, there are times where I thought oh, I did a horrible job and then I book it. Sometimes I think I killed it and I don't get a call back. So you just, you just, you never know what the other people are thinking. So I think it's just give yourself grace and say, you know what? I did the best I could within that moment and 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 let it go. You know, what? Yeah. it's interesting yeah. that besides acting, there are other like, I wouldn't say roles, like other jobs, like because there are people who, you know, who work backstage, who help with the lighting. Because I remember in a previous episode, um, she mentioned about there's other who besides becoming an actor, there's other titles, people who work backstage or any of those. So have you ever thought about like, you know, taking on those type of titles? Yeah, so there's so many people 
on set that, that make it work. There's lighting, there's production, there's set design, there's wardrobe, there's hair and makeup, there's script supervisors, there's line producers. You know, there's a whole industry and a whole team of people who, who are working to, to make everything happen. I've never really been called to do that type of production, but it's actually a reason why I started doing screenplays. So there's also the writer, right? There's the person who wrote the script that I, you know, am auditioning for. There's someone who wrote that script. And so that's really what um, made me write. I've written a few scripts now, which is pretty exciting, but that was really the catalyst for me writing um, Narcissist that's now available on Amazon Prime was because I wanted to not just audition, but I wanted to be able to create my own world. I wanted to be able to play a character that I may not normally get to play. And so instead of waiting for someone to cast me, instead of waiting for someone to say yes to me, I thought, well, I could just write what I want to play and I can just write and do it myself. So yeah, so that's kind of how I came up with, you know, the other, you know, title that I have of writer. I wrote the screenplay myself. Um, I executive produced it and all of that stuff, which was actually such a great experience because I got to do, you know, the casting from it. So I got to see it from the other side. So instead of going in and being like, hi, I'm Candy and reading scripts, I got to, you know, audition other actors. So that was pretty cool. And then I also got to learn the back end of, you know, like the budget and the money and the insurance and working with um, SAG Actor, which is our union and all of that nitty gritty that goes behind the scenes. So yeah, there are so many different titles and jobs when it comes to, you know, TV and film. So I think if you want to be an actor, definitely learn all the other things and maybe, you know, start writing your own stuff and start creating your own, your own content.